Yo, yo, welcome back to the immigrant section. I am Abbas Wahab, and as always, I'm going to tell you, click subscribe. Why not? You know you want to. Just do it. If you're on Apple, give it five stars. Again, why not, right? Uh, as far as bonus episodes go, they are on the Patreon. Become a patron, get access to those. And for today's episode, you're in for a treat. One of Canada's funniest comics, Big Norm, graced my basement here. Uh, I messed up a little bit. I'll give you a, a heads up. First 15 or 20 minutes, his mic was set to mine. So you kind of hear him in the distance. You can bear with it or skip ahead. I'll do what I can to make it hearable. But it does get fixed later in the episode. Uh, and he ends it off with an amazing story about how he got trapped in Taiwan for seven months. <laughs> Stick around for that. But anyways, enjoy the episode. Why he fighting fighting this? Why? What? 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 What is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, yo, welcome back to the immigrant section. Sitting with me today is one of Canada's finest, Big Norm, man. What are you saying, bro? Thank you for having me, Mr. I've been Mr. trying Mr. to have Hub. you on, bro. It's been a minute. Like, I feel like you asked me outside of Mo, comedy. Mo Ismail outside the corner like yeah. eight months ago or like nine no. months ago. It was a while Mind ago. you, six months of that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. And we did set up a true, date. True, 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 true. Which either I flopped on or... One of us. It, was, COVID it didn't work happened. out. One way or another. And then I was just like, all right, we're going to have to do this again and fast forward. I'll like, tell you, the, the reason that I... And it's not the reason because you're, you know one of the most, uh, you're one of the biggest killing headliners in the country. Oh man, I see you out here. That's an honor, man. Headlining Nubian, that. killing it. Um, one question that's come up, I'm on a, this is episode 71. One question, 71. One question that's come up over and over on this podcast, and if you've listened, you know this, it's the question of, and we still don't know why, why are Filipinos so talented? I'll tell you why. When you have three different colonizers coming into your country and enforcing their culture and their way of things onto you and it's like do this or die or cease to exist we're forced to just adapt and and learn how to live the way they want us to live right so then now you take the chinese you take the spanish you take the Malaysians, you take the Americans, all four people that colonized our country. The Americans colonized the Philippines? To an extent. Um, they purchased us from Spain when they were buying uh, Cuba. They were trying to buy... They're balling out. Right? So they, they bought us for a couple mil. All oh, right? fuck. What Back you... in the 1800s. Yeah, okay. okay? okay. And uh, when, they, when they bought us, when they copped when they cop themselves a nice little island in the <laughs> east... Right, a little populated island. It wasn't so much colonization um, because they were already colonized by the Spanish. Okay. It was just a transfer of ownership. Of ownership. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. ah. So Spain was like, you know what? Here, you could take them, guys. We don't. We're sick and tired of this. It's like Best Buy would get bought out by someone, but the operations don't really change at the store. Pretty. Much. <laughs> exactly. You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah. It's like so the Spanish. I think. Um, we're having a war with the Philippines, and they were just like, all right, screw this war. I think the Americans came in to help the Philippines. Yeah. Um, but in, in that um, 
even the like I don't know if you've heard of there's this there's this black um, American soldier by the name of General Fagan. General Fagan, got right? that. So you ever? Heard I might have. I might have Fagan. So if you've ever heard of um, the story of the Buffalo Soldier and the dreadlock roster, that but you know, I just know the song. Man. The song, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard the lyrics? Like when you take it in, Buffalo Soldier, dreadlock Rasta, fighting for survival, fighting on arrival. Like so, they literally these dreadlock Rastas yeah. had to fight the Buffalo Soldiers, the natives, as either die. Yeah. To the hands of the Americans, or, or kill these these Native Americans and live, so, that was the, the but then what ended up happening was the natives and the Americans were like there's certain soldier uh, black soldiers were like no we know what you're going through the, the Americans are doing this to us so like let's let's be cool, right? So this is in the Philippines. No, this is the song Buffalo. Soul. Oh go go go. Okay, okay gotcha, gotcha gotcha. Now the same thing similarly happened to General Fagan when he led this like. This all-black platoon and battalion in the Philippines, because they sent all the black soldiers to the Philippines to fight the war on America's behalf. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and like claim, the front line shit. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to claim the Philippines from Spain, um, so they they had this this war going on there, and they sent this this black battalion, and the general was like, Nah, man, these Filipinos look like us, because if you ever see an original Filipino, they're little black midges with Chinese faces. Oh, legit. Right? Gotcha. They're, they're like curly hair, dark, dark, dark. Um, so when these black American soldiers got there, they're like, yo, y'all is they're just like to us. us. Yeah. We're cool. And like, we don't like what they're making. They made us do this back home, and now they make us do this to you. Yo, you know, it's like, like Muhammad Ali. He, he went to prison because mm -hmm. he wouldn't go to the war. Exactly. And he used to be like, because they're war, the Vietnam War. And then he was like, why am I gonna go to there? Via Kong ain't never called me nigga. It's, boom. That's you know? it. Via Kong ain't never called me that shit. Well, and now you want me to go over there and kill on your behalf? It's pretty much that exact same story. So, the General Fagan went there, said, nah, I'm not doing this, joined the Filipino Revolution, defected from the American army, and they stayed. And fought off the American army till they left, and then gave Philippines their independence. So it was because of a black soldier and him turning over all these American black soldiers to the Philippine side. That helped them win. Um, Did win all those platoon of, of, of black soldiers integrate into the population? Not all of them, yeah. but a good portion of them were like, hey man, we're, we're with you. We're yeah, with you, yeah, General. Yeah, yeah. And the general ended up getting married to a Filipino chick. Oh, so I say all that to say this is we have so much history with like other big, big countries and big powerhouse nations coming into our country trying to take over and forcing us to do things the way they want. And obviously, when you're when you're enslaved or when you're colonized, it's like, yes, master, yes, yeah, master. Yeah, yeah. What would you like? You want me to dance, master? And then, so the Spanish are teaching us how they like to how they like to be entertained. Oh, the Americans wow. are teaching us how they like to be entertained. Chinese people teaching us how they like to be entertained. So as a result, we're bred into entertainers. We, well, not even entertain. I just I just you know I use the term entertain because you know, like obviously loosely, yeah, th yeah, there's yeah. there's gonna be a point where like hey. Make us feel good. Like, yeah. do something for us. You You're like the subclass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do, you know, entertain us. Do some dance. Cook me something. Whatever. Like, you are the lower class. So you you do as we tell you. Um, so, and I don't know if you ever noticed this. Filipinos are some of the most model immigrants in the sense where we're like, you tell us what to do, we'll do it, and we'll do it with a smile. And I hate that. That's part of our like why we're some of the widest spread diaspora in the world. It's because we're the 
I hate to say it. We don't make waves. We're the best servants. Yeah, I got you. I hate to say it because we'll do it with a smile. We won't complain. We won't revolt. We won't uprise. But that shows in the history, though. I never knew that. Yes. But if you've been colonized so many times, that kind of gets instilled. Survival is always number one. Yes. And that was what made... Survival is number one. So if I have to smile and play along, that's what you've been taught for two, three hundred, whatever years. Yeah. So that's how it, it's not like they're lesser, there's just, this is how they have survived. This is how we've survived. And then add in like natural disasters. We have, we have hurricanes and floods and typhoons every year. Earth, we pretty much have all the natural disasters. Yeah, it's crazy. But... Tornadoes, volcanoes, earthquakes, typhoons, hurricanes, and they happen at least once a year. So imagine like trying to build something and then it gets toppled down, whatever empire you build, it gets toppled down by a natural disaster. Naturally, you're going to be like, what the fuck? You could either, like, cease to exist, kill yourself, or just find a way to be resilient and be happy and chipper. And it's things like singing and dancing and all these little things, all these things you can never take that, that like, natural disasters can't take away from us. Like spirit. The spirit yeah. of the Philippines is alive and well. Mm. Um, and as a result of that, I think the talent comes um, as a byproduct of all the hardships we've went through in our lives because that's what we need to do to stay happy and survive. That's an amazing answer, man. Because, like, I, literally, dude, that's the perfect answer. That's, like, the full history and everything. This is a question that's come up so much. <laughs> we're like, we don't, that last episode, we're like, I, why are Filipinos so talented? Like, what the fuck is it? I we're wanted like, to ask you that. I saw that on the yeah, side. Phil, Filipino Because you know why? Because I, I, I was saying, I was like, in my mind, Filipinos are like uh, the... Filipinos are almost like the blacks of the Asian community, mm -hmm. and they're also immigrants in the overall white. So you guys are like, you know, for black people, it's like we're black people, uh, so we're like black in the overall white community. Mm -hmm. But for Filipinos, you guys are not just Filipino in the white community, you're also like the darker of the Asians. Yeah. And then there's there's that whole Asian class thing that I know because I went to University of Waterloo. I know all about that <laughs> shit. You know Asian, what I'm Oh, man. So jungle Asians versus... Have it doubled. Double so head. just how black community in, in the times of slavery, they were singing, they were this, and then when it separated, they are like, suddenly the guys like, dun, 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 there's like a group. Like, you ever see like um, black singing groups from like the 60s, the 50s, 40s? It's always like eight niggas, you know what I'm talking about? Because that's, that's the I only sh thing you can do to survive. The bar, the, um, the barbershop quartets, or Clint, like, I love that's, that shit. Yeah. You hear guys singing, the doo-wop exactly. singers, like, that's my shit. It's like you were saying, enter for lower class, the, lo the subclass, you're allowed to entertain. Yes. You're not allowed to get rich or anything, but we'll let you entertain us. Yes. Also because it's, like, n I feel nothing good comes out of, uh, nothing good comes out of a perfect situation. You need to have struggle. You need to have some sort of pressure. You need, you need to have some sort of hardship in order for something, uh, what am I, how am I no, trying to I, say this? You're like, saying it perfectly. What, like example, when's the last prince, when's the last prince of any country that you know that is a crazy artist of any kind? When's the last, like the, um, think of like the, the English dynasty or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. They never create incredibly talented people ever because they're yeah. born and raised in such crazy privilege they don't ever have to struggle for anything. And all those talents are created through struggle. Right? And even like, 
for instance, when a kid, like some homeless kid or some underprivileged child that doesn't have anything to play with, will find the smallest thing to turn into a toy, turn into a toy, and find the joy in that. And it's in those places, these little, these, the, these hidden gems, if anything, that like privileged people wouldn't normally look for because they have it all, that these kids end up finding and then like growing up with it and turning it into a culture, something like hip hop, where it came out of the, the economic struggle of the 70s and 80s. You know what I mean? And that's what all the like, best soccer, like not all the best, but so many amazing soccer players today came from Brazilian slums. There it is. Perfect. Barefoot. It's not like That's the it. Brazilian billionaire's kid is playing for this. No, it's it's the kid who had zero other options. Exactly. You know, I see so many basketball players that make it to the NBA still eating McDonald's, and you're like, how the hell did this guy make it to the NBA on a McDonald's diet? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then that's also like, yo, man, I, I, I look at slavery uh, in North America, and then you think about all the amazing music that has come out of the States and all the black culture yeah. that's, that's, that's being consumed all over the world. That all was, to me, the way I see it, is all derived from their struggle that they went through. And as a result of that, this is the, I think that's the universe's way of rewarding people that have been through some bullshit. So like, hey, your people have been through this, well, well I'll at least give you this to, to even it out until you guys get to wherever you need to get. And I feel the same thing with the Philippines. We've been so... God was like, listen, you're going to be short, but we're going to make your voices huge as fuck. Y'all be able to sing like a nobody's business. You'll be able to dance. You're going to create a crew called Jabberwockies. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're going to win every America's no best dude. dance crew. And you're yeah. no exception. Well, you know, I can't. This guy sings, dances, <laughs> fucking... Bro, I swear to God, I saw you at... Um, Bankus's uh, protest show early on, you were headlining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you were headlining it. I've seen you headline a bunch of times, but when I see you headline, I feel I mean, I feel like how do you compete with that? He's not just oh, funny, which because we're all doing the funny, we're all competing on the funny. But you're singing. You could compete with singers and <laughs> dancers on all those fronts, and you got all three. I'm like, how the fuck do you compete with this shit? We're just out here trying to be funny. This guy's entertaining at the highest level. You put on a show. Thank oh, you, Adam. Damn, I appreciate man. you, man, for that. I'll tell you what, though. When I first came in the comedy scene, I was told not to sing. I, was, I, I remember doing a set at Yuck Yucks, and one of the heads at Yuck Yucks came up to me, and they're like, yeah, just tell jokes. Stop with the singing, right? And this is early in my career, so I'm like... You're on a stage, so okay? I'm, why would you sing? <laughs> like, right? What? what do you mean? Like, tell the jokes, is mine. My thing was, at first, I knew that my singing could be a nice trick to pull out. It okay. may not be a joke, but it will wow people and catch their attention so that I could lure them in to then tell a joke, right? Because I find a lot of comedians who don't care... To like really engage people, they just want to say what they have to say. But my whole thing is always first engage them, and once they have your trust, like okay, I want to hear what you have to say, then then talk. Because it's like walking up to someone, and be like, yo, let me tell you something. Boom! It's like okay, you haven't even said hello to me. Yeah, yeah. You haven't yeah. established a rapport. So for me, the singing and all that stuff is just so that I can get your attention, so that we can have a better conversation. And it works damn well. Because I know you have um, you have. Uh some R. Kelly material where you sing the thing and you sing it well and then you do the bit. And the singing it well is enough. 
<laughs> the singing it well is enough for the audience. I'm, all, I'm looking at the audience, they're like, they're, they're just happy that the accuracy and level of the singing, and then the joke, I'm like, holy fuck. Well, man, I don't want to tell you to stop, because <laughs> this feels good. Yeah, 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 bro, I'm not, yo, tell you the truth, hey. I've been working on these keys, bro. <laughs> I, I, okay. Watching your shit, trying to work on my diaphragm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta dance or something. <laughs> oh, I gotta no. figure something else out. I, if, if this is what the playing field looks like, I'm like... I need something else. I'm just doing funny now. <laughs> You're doing funny and some other and next shit. I don't know if you know this too, like about Filipinos. At every Filipino family party growing up, which is pretty much every weekend because we have so much family members. Yeah. Somebody's celebrating something on the weekend. Yeah. At every single one, there's gonna be a moment if there's a piano or there's a microphone that the parents are gonna be like, hey. Norman, or you, hey, Michelle, whoever they know has some sort of talent, sing for everybody. You're like, we don't, we're like, nah, I don't want to. But they're like, hey, sing, you're disrespecting your elders. And then you gotta sit there and sing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, on top of that, Filipinos are very religious. So I go to church all the time when I was younger, and it was like, sing in the choir, sing in the. In the Is Filipino church similar to black church? Is it rhythmic and like. Standing, yeah. or is it like when when someone's singing, everyone is uh, is sitting? Well, Filipinos sing. are generally Catholic, okay. So there's it's very solemn in the sanctuary. Mm, gotcha. Whereas I was born in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and it still has the parallels of the Catholic solemn um, vibe. But yeah, I, it's it's pretty soft. I don't. I, I never like going to the Filipino churches. I always went to the black churches. Oh to, to yeah. Get my real like. Did you contribute? Dose of the Lord? Yeah. Hell yeah, of course I contributed because <laughs> here's my thing. I learned how to, <laughs> I learned how to sing in front of people in general just from my church and my family. Um, and then when I started going to the black churches, I remember singing one time or I, I saw somebody else sing and I looked around and I could tell he wasn't doing that well. And I looked around and all the black people were just like, like look at him like he's this, bombing. This ain't this ain't no blessing from God. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you need to stop because this, this, this is the this devil. Is the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in seeing that, I was like, oh man, if ever I get asked to sing a black church, you better bring, bring a game, right? Because <laughs> they, they, they like I know they say, oh, God will judge you. Right. That was my. That's why I'm trained for the Nubian show. Yeah. Like dude. that is my arena because that's where I practiced. It was in these churches, these black churches, where they say God will only God could judge me or us. <laughs> yeah. yeah <right. laughs> and, and if I, we don't, we'll fucking take a stab at it. And then being the, the token Filipino guy amongst a bunch of black people or being the token Filipino guy amongst the white people, because I never grew up around Filipinos. Oh, legit. Because right? they're all Catholic, and I grew up Adventist, so it was either white people, black people. Oh, and, gotcha, gotcha. You know, being the token white uh, Asian kid around white people is I, right, but being the token Asian kid around black people is fucking amazing. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so naturally, I was like, let me go hang over here, because... I love watching my homies run away from me when I say something funny. You know what I mean? Yo, yeah. Or do magic in front or, of them. You know, any, any of those, like, <laughs> the reaction you get from from a black audience is way more gratifying than anything in this world. So, knowing that going into black churches and singing my ass off just to make sure that these people weren't, um, what's it called, uh, weren't disappointed is what set me up for for future uh, opportunities. By the way, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah. 
it's cool, right? Because I'm not seeing anything coming out from my voice, but you talk and then your shit goes up. Watch, talk right out. La 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 la. Nothing's coming from me right now. Uh, I'm just making. Have I been muted this whole time? Because that would be fun. Oh, there I am. <laughs> We've been wow, talking a good minute. That's hilarious, dude. Bro, we've been talking like 15 minutes there. Oh. We'll have to figure out a way to boost it. We weren't overlapping a lot, so I'll figure out some stuff. For the listeners there, we do uh, apologize there, but your audio was being picked up on my stuff too. Okay, cool. cool. So um, we don't have to toss that first half. We're good there. All right. Because uh, all the good shit was in that first half. All the, <laughs> all the heart to heart was there. Fuck, you better watch this. Don't worry. There's going to be yeah, some Yeah, it's going to be good. Yo, shit, let's, re- let's repeat it. No, no. <laughs> No, good call though, man. Good call. Thank God that was pointed towards you and everything too. No, you know, even so, I was even hearing in my head. I'm like, I don't hear me, but I hear you. But maybe it's just the headphones. Maybe it's whatever. But then when I saw that, I was like, okay, no, for sure, my mic's off. Okay, awesome. But we're back. We're back. We're back. You hit us with a real quick uh, falsetto. <laughs> um. <laughs> so in love. Don't get me started. Damn, boy. Do you have a lot of female viewers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, mostly listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you what, bro. Dude. Oh, man. God, what? I want to sing. I want to be able to sing. Uh, I thought singing was going to be... Here's the fucked up thing. When I was younger, I was like, um, I used to watch Mickey Mouse Club with my sister because she was a diehard Mickey Mouse Club fan. This is like Justin Timberlake, Mickey Mouse Club, uh, JC Chavez from NSYNC. Yeah. You know, all of them. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, yeah. When they were all on there, I used to watch them and they'd be performing, these young kids doing covers. And I'm just like, yo, I want to be one of these kids. I could sing. You know, I wanted to be that one kid in Sister Act 2 that sang Oh Happy Day. You know, I was, I wanted to be a singer. And then... It came a point where I joined this R&B boy band called Kamikaze. Uh, yeah. In high school or some shit? And, and I was 14. Everybody else was like 20, 21. I Holy was like shit. That's Michael how you know Jackson. you have a good voice. Yo, bring this 14-year-old kid. <laughs> no, he knew my- Michael dude, Jackson shit. The dude knew my sister. Okay. And yeah. I was like, and I, I, she had told me that like a member had left. So I was like, yo, can you ask them if they'll let me be or like a rapper in the group? Because I was also trying to rap back when it, I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, you're hanging out with all the black guys. Exactly. Right? You know, you're like, yo, I should be rapping. Too. My name was Shaolin. I love Wu Tang. Yo, they called you Shaolin. They called me Shaolin. Chef yo, Shaolin. The 36 chambers <laughs> you know right saying? there. I see the Wu Tang everywhere. I'm like, yo, it's my type of home right here. But um, when I joined this group, it was like Kamikaze. We out here, we blow up the spot. But really, we all we did was bum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Kamikaze. After like, I realized how shitty we were. Yeah. And, like I was like, man. Nobody's ready for an Asian Cisco. Nobody wants this, a Filipino like R&B singer. Like that's unheard of. You never see no Asian rapper. You never see nothing. No Asians out there in the music scene. So I was really discouraged. This is before Bruno Mars and shit this like is, that. Right? Oh, don't even bring. That and here. Bruno Mars is like Hawaiian. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to Bruno Mars. But yeah, oh keep God. going. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 it leads into Bruno. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say actually, I just want to know your beef. So after I. <laughs> quit singing and I, I started rapping i was like wait wait no one wants to hear a filipino rapper neither so i'm like let me just be funny in front of a camera 
because um, this is when DVD magazines were out, Smack DVD and all this shit. So I'm around all these hoodlums and all these thugs. And I'm like, and I'm this little funny Filipino kid being like, yo, I, I'm here with so-and-so. One of my first interviews. Me with Gut Buster. <laughs> yo, crazy thing. One of my first uh, red carpet interviews was at the Urban Music Awards. And it was with Kenny Robinson. Oh, legit. He was my first ever he interviewed you? No, I interviewed him on the red carpet. Oh, shit. So he doesn't know that, but like... Um, so Kenny anyway. Robinson is... The Nubian show we're talking about in Toronto is yes. Kenny Robinson's 25-year... It's pretty much the um, our Apollo Theater, oh, 100%, so to speak. 100%. Toronto's. And it's been going every Sunday for 25 years, I believe. Sorry, hold on one second. I got a job to do real This quick. man... Uh, yo, I'm actually gonna post on the Patreon. The I'm gonna cut the clip of us killing those flies at the beginning. <laughs> That's extra content. This guy is the fly whisperer. He's going out of fly right now. Oh shit! Oh shit! Did it go down? Oh, it's right here, bro. Oh, he, oh, he right there. Uh, if you watch Breaking Bad, that fly episode, this is pretty much that fly episode. <laughs> He's dead. Damn! Damn, this guy's hood as fuck. He's still stomping him. Yo, Norm, he's down, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Damn, man, that fly got taken out. You don't play, huh? Fuck chopsticks, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, that was a little uh, bonus for those who are watching this. <laughs> so fast forward after leaving the music industry because I was really deep into it. And like I came in when like the boy wonders, the T minuses all like all the big time producers in the city that are bubbling now that have that have made the hits with Drake. Like I was there when those guys were all in the beginning stages. Forty or whatever's uh, forty, all of them. Like Legit. the remix project, everybody that came out the remix project, like Rich Kid, Richie Sosa. Like I can go on for days, but that's another whole other uh, story. But just being in that world, I stayed in, but I was always like, man, I wish I could take part, but nobody cares for an Asian, Filipino singer, rapper, entertainer, whatever. And, you know, and then I was just, a, you know, old guy on the scene, scene stir, and then Bruno Mars comes out. And everyone's like, yo, Norm, who's this cat? Jack is swagger Jack in your steeds. Because I used to rock fedoras. I rocked the members only jacket before even Bruno Mars was on the scene. <laughs> that was my look. The fedora and members only jacket, a pair of wallabies, some dope ass jeans, and I'm and a, and a dope tee. And that was my look. And then Bruno comes Enter out. Enter Bruno the, Mars. And I'm like, hold on. Who, who's this? Who's this? puppy dog eyed looking short motherfucker <laughs> he better not be Filipino because I'm gonna be so angry and he's half motherfucking Filipino and I was so angry because I'm like I could have made it <laughs> yeah, I could have right. done it I could have pursued my dreams but then again Bruno Mars is a talented motherfucker yeah, yeah 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 yeah. oh I heard he plays every instrument he plays every instrument he's been performing since he was five he could dance his ass off he could sing his ass off he produces and writes all his shit he he writes a lot of shit for other people. He wrote "Fuck You" for CeeLo Green. He wrote uh, he wrote a lot of joints for people, um, and I can't even knock him. So I'm like, you know what? As much as the world would have been ready for me, I, I would have had to have been as good as Bruno Mars for yeah. the world to be ready for me. And now I'm okay. But before when he came out, I was so mad. Like <laughs> I could have pursued my dreams, and I, and I canceled you, myself Bruno. out. You know what I mean? But, That's uh, so funny, man. You just like he's like in Toronto, like 
doing like the Rogers Center. You just said, oh, man, fuck, bro. Somebody <laughs> asked me, you want to go? I'm like, no, no, I don't. I'm good. Because I'm going to eat myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just beat myself. And Why just- do I got to see something that I already am? You know? <laughs> He's doing my act, bro. I'm fucking. And yo, when I saw him on SNL, I was like, oh. what do you do on SNL? He was he he was a guest uh, performer and he was also one of the actors in. Don't tell me he's funny. He Don't can, tell me he's funny, bro, bro. He's funny as shit. Oh fuck, bro. He oh, could act God. his ass off. Oh fuck. Don't, <sighs> you, what what happens at that point when you see he's got? What if he? What if someone pantsed him and he had the biggest dick ever? Would you? Would, <laughs> you know what? I'm you not know? surprised You're if that was the fuck. case. Because it's Bruno Mars and he could do God, anything. Give me something, okay. God. Give me something. <laughs> I mean, even when he got caught with the coke charges, they were like, "Whatever, it's Bruno." Yeah, right. He'll catch twenty-four K for you, right? <laughs> it's okay, man. And but that guy, like I said, talented. Him, uh, I mean, the only other Filipino person that was in music at the time was Enrique Iglesias. Oh, he's Filipino. I he's thought he was half, Spanish. He's half Filipino. Oh shit! But you don't know that. The no. only thing that's Filipino on him is that mole on his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should we dance? No, dude. What is pops? Not up I, his nanny. Well, oh, actually, no. Uh, he, she, he, probably, actually, yeah. he actually married a Filipino woman. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, um, Manny? Manny Pacquiao. Manny He's Pacquiao. like, um, what is he to to, to Filipinos? It, when's the last time you went to the Philippines? Um, 2019, beginning of 2019. Okay, sick, sick. What is like? What is the vibe of Manny Pacquiao in the Philippines to Filipinos? Is he like God, Michael God Jackson? Status. Like, see, it's weird. It's um, it's Michael okay. Jackson, but it's a different type of fan. You know what it is? Yeah. You know how everybody loves Mike Tyson right now. Yeah, and like they see him coming back, and I was like, "We love you, Mike. Yeah, you fucked up. You did some shit. You raped yeah, a girl. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gave a girl VD. You went to jail. All this bullshit that we don't care anymore because we just love you, Mike. We love that you're in a good place now. Yeah, yeah. We love that you're happy. You know, you're funny. You got dope shows. You smoke weed. He's in a good place. Like where he's at now. So take away all of Mike Tyson's bullshit. Yeah, past bullshit. Past bullshit. Yeah. And now and then put that together, that's how much the Filipinos love Manny Pacquiao. Like, he's so loved and so revered. Like, if he wanted to be president, he could be. Okay. You know it's just, mean? it's his choice. It's literally. his choice. But he knows he can't do that. He's not experienced for that. And Duterte is fucking crazy. He won't, he won't give up a spot. Um, but he is, you know, God level status in the Philippines. He's, I think he, he's the most, yeah, for sure, most popular person in the Philippines. What, what does he do? Is he just like building schools? Like, what's he? Is he? He's retired, right? So, like, uh, or is he still? He's I feel stuck like he, games. No, or sorry, fights. They'll call games. him out here and there. Like, to, okay, they'll, they'll the prob- money fights. They'll do him here and there. If he has a good fight, if yeah. it's worth it, he'll. I mean, he didn't he fight last year. Like, he's still fighting, but mainly he's a senator. He's in politics. He does all the television. He does mad television appearances, and he jokes. He he had a music career. You know that, right? No, I he didn't. Still, know that. I think he still does. I think he still releases music. Um, See, that's some Filipino that's shit some right Filipino. there, dude. So exactly, like, the guy's a <laughs> senator, a boxer. He he's not a great musician, but he makes music. Yeah, but still, he's putting and it out. He he has he has some movies out. Uh, he, he has like a superhero movie, like he's Superman-y or something like that. Oh, like it, it, it's a Filipino like uh, studio like film. Yeah, it's a Filipino studio film, and I think his name, I think it's literally called Superman-y. Hold on, <laughs> um, I gotta look at this up right now. 
Manny Pacquiao. Superman. Superhero. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I don't watch Filipino. Oh, his name is it's Wapakman. <laughs> Wapakman. Wapakman. That's hilarious. <laughs> and he's got like a, it looks like the Flash, the Flash outfit pretty much. Like a knockoff pretty much. of the Flash. <laughs> Hold on. What is Wapak? I, see, I don't even know my language. Wapakman. Wapak. What is Wapak? Uh, Tagalog. One Pak. Because <laughs> two was taken. Well, you know, um, oh, wow. You know what's so funny? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I see the funniest meme the other day, now that you say Tupac. Yeah. And then the way Filipinos say fuck, right? We say pak. Pak, right? yeah, yeah. Because our Fs are Ps. Yeah, Joy Koi sank that into me pretty hard. <laughs> so, um, there's this picture of this Filipino guy like, hey, you like Tupac? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Well, I like you want to puck tonight, <laughs> but it's so it's like super like what a dad joke is in North America is what we would call a Tito joke. A Tito joke because Titos are uncles, right? Oh, we're, so we're, uncles always like have, a sh- kind of shitty joke. Yeah, well, super like hack as fuck. Here's yeah. one. Here's one. There's three bears in a car: Papa Bear, Mama Bear. Who's the third bear? Uh, daughter bear. No, the dry bear. Oh, <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay, that's a kind now of go sing for us. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> love me tender, love me sweet. <laughs> Did everybody take turns in karaoke at like Filipino get-togethers and shit. Yes, everybody. Yes, and like, <laughs> is it like a weird competition going on? Yes, uh, it's Filipino well, fucking. I have never witnessed it. The dynamic is is interesting because <laughs> it's it's not everybody. It's everybody that wants to partake, and everybody in the room that's partaking in it is like super passive aggressive. Like Filipinos will never say shit to your face. They'll be like, "Oh my god, how's everything? Okay, good to see you." Turn around, like that bitch is so <laughs> terrible. Like, and that's once you're again, like, you're choosing that song. Really, you can. You think you can. Right. That's all? Really? Yeah. Really? You think you got <laughs> You're no Whitney Houston. The greatest Houston. love of all, Whitney Houston, really? You <laughs> But they will choose that song. <laughs> yeah. That is a number one choice. Yeah, right. Yeah. The greatest <laughs> love of all. Oh my god. But I think another byproduct of the colonialism and, and being colonized was like having to pretend like everything's okay. So you don't piss off them like, yes, sir, yes, yeah, sir. Survival. Yeah, survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I fucking hate that guy. Right? <laughs> so even the way Filipino families are with each other, they're very, oh, it's okay. I, uh, no, don't worry about it. And then you'll see it in their faces, in their eyes. They're like, mm-hmm. like the, oh, my God. Mm, she thinks she can. And then she'll look at them like, you're doing great. But, man, I, in my in my case, the Sudanese, the, the Arabs are very similar. Yeah. I think across, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's an immigrant thing. I'm not sure, but, like, we're always just trying to keep the peace and like mm. keep the uh, the facade of like peacefulness and community. But everyone's talking shit about everybody. I'm so white people are doing the same shit. Too. Well, here's the funny thing. I think we think to ourselves that we are very passive aggressive with our insults and our hatred or whatever. But then I feel like non-immigrants, when they hear us speak to them, they think we're super straight up and like forward and like, no... And like perfect example, um, actually Jamaicans aren't a good example. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, that's a tip. Um, whatever. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, that actually, that's hilarious. That you, that's, uh, I was going to say, I know, uh, let's roll up a blunt, but. Ooh, uh, I am on a hiatus. You're on a bluntless, you're on COVID bluntlessness? No, I, I, I haven't smoked for three days. Okay. And it wasn't by choice. It just by. You're out? Or by, um, by design. It was, it was by, it was the universe. Um, no, I just don't have like, I got a fucking shitload of weed at home right now. If I wanted to smoke, I could smoke. But whenever I don't smoke for this long, because I'm a f- pack a day backwards, you know, I'll smoke a whole pack. I'll smoke about a quarter. A day. Actually, yeah, it's disgusting. You so you only smoke blunts? I always smoke blunts. God damn, man, you really did grow up around black guys, you know? <laughs> damn, they fucking left their mark. Nah, man. The funny thing was, I you you put them on it. I the amount of people I put onto backwards, because around my homies, I was the first person to smoke backwards. Were they all on like Century, Century Sam's, Blunt Wraps, Royal Blunts, like all we the different We don't have Swisher Sweets and stuff in Canada. Yeah, no Swisher Sweets. Um, maybe a one-two Philly here and there. Um, but no, Backwoods, I, I, I found them in California when I went for a summer. And I came home with them and I was like, guys, this is the new shit right here. You know? Um, and I've been, I've been smoking them for almost 20 years now, so it's terrible. God damn. So with that being said, I was like, yo, I need, you know, whenever I end up taking a break, like it's never by choice it just happens like i've been with my nephew for a day and a half um i was busy the day before um and i just never got around to smoking and i'm like wow i'm normally when i'm like quit i'm like oh i can't quit i can't now i'm just like i'm just too busy to smoke yeah, 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 yeah. so i'm like ride this get your time however long it goes up. yeah, yeah. let then, it drop and then so I can get high school high again and don't have to smoke a full blunt to myself. You know what I mean? You know, I used to pass around, you know, two, three blunts at a time <laughs> and, and be fine with that as long as I get my little bit. But then now I'm like, I'll, I'll roll one blunt and be like, yo, I'm smoking this to myself. Fuck y'all. Because of tolerance me. or because of COVID? I use COVID as my excuse, but it's tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> Your so, boys are watching. Man, fuck, I know that shit, bro. Hey, man, how many times have I smoked you already? <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah. up, man. I, I love them. I love blunts, but um, the, it's... Uh, they're expensive. They're, they're, and it's, you, you consume a bunch of weed in them. And uh, it's just anytime I blaze hard and then get on the podcast, man, I forget my train of thought oh. every two minutes. Every two minutes, you need. If you're gonna be blazing, uh, and on podcasts, you need three or four people. Yeah, one person will remember usually what's happening, or, or it can always move around. When it's two people and you're passing back and forth, I've done it. Add like Natishan, add Chris Robinson on. We're just like smoking, and it's just like that's why when I see Natish and Paul do their uh, High on Trees podcast, and they and they're constantly like going back and forth. I'm like shocking, man. I saw it live. It was amazing. I was like, I damn, yeah. I'll be sitting there like hot boxed out, like guys. <laughs> yeah, me I, too. I'm a bad guest right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to say more, but I've I've outsmoked myself. Uh, so, well, and that's why I'm honestly I'm actually surprised how much I'm talking right now. I don't normally hear myself talk this much because the three days or two days, three days. Yeah. Normally, I'll say my little. One, two, and then continue. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just respond. But no, I feel like I have verbal diarrhea right now. Man. It's, it's a good feeling. What you been up to, COVID? Um, that's a good question. 
because I hate when people ask me, how have you been? Because it's like, you don't want to know. You don't want that answer because it's so long. <laughs> but you sit down. Let's go into it. But what have you been doing? Yeah, oh, what have you been, been doing? Smoking. We'll leave it at Weed. that. I've been uh, surprisingly not watching much porn. Um, Goddamn, hell yeah. Well, because I told myself, you know what? If you're at home all the time, this could get bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> this like, could get real bad. And I've... <sighs> Here's the thing. I don't look at jerking off and masturbation as like a, I look at it as a somewhat of a shameful act, even though I'm not ashamed to admit that, yeah, you know, we're, yeah. it's a human thing to do. We mm-hmm. all do it, right? Yeah. But it's, it's not something that you want to do for a long time. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. block out a time like, all right, about to have a sick jerk off session. <laughs> like you jerk off for hours, you're in the bath. Like, I have an uncle that used to take hour and a half showers i'm like you are fucking jerking your ass off in that fucking bathroom but comes out cool and relaxed you know what i mean um but everyone i uh what was i saying i i I, yeah like when i jerk off it's always like a quick like let me just get this over with yeah um and what that can do is that if you do it too often is train you to nut quick Right, uh, it'll true, it, true. like so that next time, and I'm only nutting quick because I'm like, ah, oh, this, this is somewhat of a shameful act. I just, I just really want to nut. So like, I don't have to have this long, the build crazy, up. you know. Yeah. So this let me like get to it and ah, release back to back to life. Yeah, back, back to, to the reality. Yeah. So there was a point in my life when I I had to deal with some premature ejaculation issues because. An ex-girlfriend of mine, whenever I would make her come, she would get overly sensitive and be like, can you just like hurry? Because it's like too much for me right now. Uh, and like I would literally like, all right, go. I can come really fast. Let me go. I'd close my eyes. Just, yeah. just fucking go at it. Think of whatever. And Power through. And nut. Super yeah. quick. Right? And then when I moved on to the next relationship, I was like, oh my God. I'm so <laughs> used to nutting quick. Because of this, yeah. that like, uh, so it took me a while mentally to get myself out of that, and it took like the right person to like coach me and yeah, 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 and get me comfortable <laughs> again. And I was like, yeah. So now that I'm in COVID, I'm like, I'm not gonna put myself in the position again where like I'm used to nutting quick because of like, you know, these quick sessions that I'm having every day. So I just and here's another thing. I was like, yo, I also am getting older. I want to have really good nuts i don't want you know i forget which comic speaks of it but like he says i want i want my shit to shoot out i don't want i don't want my to come like looking like moment. baby dribble you yeah, know like yeah. regurgitating food i want to shoot out so i was like but to shoot out you got to do the build-up you can't you can't shoot with a with the cookie yes. you got to do that like almost there back off a little pretty much do that three four edging. times yeah you gotta, you gotta edge. is the term you gotta, yeah you gotta live you on edge it. man yo little Errol smith living on the edge the sky you know? dude so yeah, that's so. With that being said, as a result of like holding <laughs> back, I don't know what I put energy I put into the universe, but like once a month, a shorty hit me up like, "Yo, what's up?" And I'll be like, "Oh, I could finally release." And when I do, it's just like, it's like high school sex. Yeah, like, I'm I'm a little jack. I'm a jack. I'm just, oh, I can go round two, round three, round four. I built up a sack, a whole load. All right, let's go. I. All night, baby. And because of that, um, yeah, man, uh, I've been able, I, I've I've had consistent monthly sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is this the way you're going to do it? 
past COVID. Now COVID's wrapping up. Actually, yeah, they say a second wave. Who knows? Yeah, about I know. That, I, but forget I, about that. Now you're just <laughs> you're like this well, once a month thing is pretty good. <laughs> and it's, it's also people I've I've had sex with before. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like I'm I have this new Russ. I don't know who I'm dealing with. Like, no, this was these were all girls that I've had relationships with in the past. And they're in the same boat where they don't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, hey, man, why not Why not go with Let's something that's been working? Yeah. It's like, you know, and luckily, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that because a lot of people, you know. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah, once it's done, it's done. Yeah. I've never had a one night stand because every time I thought it was just going to be a one time thing, yeah. it happened again. And then again, then again, I'm like, oh, so we're not a one night stand. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the fuck? What, what, what are we? <laughs> you know, like, what are we? Have you been asked that question many times? Uh, in your life? Not many, but uh, a couple of times. And what are you? You're like, what oh, is your you, never, you never want to hear it. It's <laughs> never good timing. It's never the time you want to hear it. But sometimes you feel like there is, um, there might be some sort of like, Girls, uh, they like to. They need a definition sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. I when a girl asks me, "What are we?" My favorite thing is <laughs> done. Whatever yeah. you want it to you be, moonwalk. <laughs> but be careful what you ask for, right? And they're like, "Damn, what do you, what that's do you a mean? Mr. Miyagi shit right there." Like, what do you like? Really think about what you want, because you're asking me, "What are we?" But what do you want? Because I could tell you what we are, but it may not be what you want. You still won't get the answer. You want. but what is it you? want because until you can't figure that out uh, unless you figure that out yeah like i'm gonna stay at bay over here and say we are what we are which is whatever until you know and in and it makes them really think deeper than they actually have because they think of it on a like a service level like oh we've had sex we've done this we've done that like think deep think about your career think about your family think about where i where i may be in four or five years yeah do i align there and i have this really deep open conversation oh. and it always ends up like you know what i like what we have right now let's just leave it away. yeah yeah why, right? why ruin a good thing it's going great and i hate titles like boyfriend or girlfriend it doesn't matter i'll still treat you amazing like whether we have a title or not it's if i like you if you like me cool but the moment we show like oh it ain't there it ain't popping then let's be honest with ourselves and keep it moving yeah no uh, need to fucking linger linger and, yeah. and get angry and fight over shit or really you know i had a i was talking with somebody the other day what do you rather uh love or loyalty huh cuz you think loyalty would come with love mhm but and sometimes you could be loyal with someone. Love, that love shit, doesn't necessarily hate the come fuck out of yeah. them. But you're like, but I'm loyal, so I'm gonna stick it out. See, ideally, I want love because I think loyalty comes with love, but love doesn't come with loyalty. So you can have loyalty, but it's like it becomes this weird thing. It almost becomes like a loyalty is almost like a you owe the loyalty is like a mortgage with a bank. <laughs> You can't really get out of it. Like, I don't you know? love you, baby, yeah. but I'm going to stay loyal to my payments <laughs> yeah, my so that you don't penalize me. Yeah. <laughs> that's loyalty. That's, you know? that's not a beautiful thing, but that's like an arrangement. But love, I like the love because mm-hmm. love has risks with it because loyalty you think is implied, but it may not be and mm-hmm. love may crash. Loyalty is not questioned because it's loyalty, but the feeling of it is it just doesn't have that warm feeling mm. it's just more of like a solid loyalty is a solid arrangement yeah it's like would you rather have this magical thing that could f- be fleeting mm-hmm. or a great 
organizational arrangement of loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Lo- I'll always be here at 9 p.m. You know, like, I don't, I want to go love. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like loyalty is so structured. Yeah. In a way that it's like, okay, this is a good foundation to build on, but then it may not lead to, yeah, to, Love, to, like, to the love that yeah. you want for somebody or for yourself. Yeah. You could end up resenting yourself from being so loyal to somebody and then end up hating yourself and losing the love uh, for self or for the other person that like being loyal is almost... Uh, Loyalty without the love is like a prison weird, like get away from me. Yeah. Why are you... Get, you know, Why, get away. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what it's like? It's like... Uh, I hate to say it, but I was just watching Black Panther the other day, and it's like the soldiers to Wakanda. It's like, remember when she was in, um, I forget which, like that that bad soldier chick, the bald one. The, bu- the and, buzz cut chick. Yeah, yeah, and she was supposed to be in love with homeboy that was like all for Killmonger. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, my love. And they're about to like to- go toe-to-toe. Oh, yeah, the he's battle like, at the end. He's like, is it me? Or Wakanda? Are you gonna die? Will you kill me yeah. for your country? Like I'd like, rather die for Wakanda than for my love for you, or whatever. And then he's, Damn. he's just like, "All right, man." He just drops all the shit. He's yeah. like, "Fuck, you got me." Your loyalty <laughs> trumps is like even goes beyond your love for me. And fuck, man, that's a movie level shit. You know that's what I mean? that's wartime movie scenarios that we in our privileged. Canadian life. We never we'll we're never gonna get an ultimatum like that ever. Like, so that loyalty is you're not in the necessary. battlefield. You're hooking up with the soldier chick. <laughs> what the fuck is it gonna be? Are we dying right now? Are we fucking running? Imagine. That's some crazy stakes shit, man. Like That's even, crazy. Um, were you a big Game of Thrones guy? Well, not big, but I watched the show. Just because, like, people won't stop at every conversation. Let me just fucking watch it and see what's going on. But, I mean, I got mm. into it, right? Well, there's... I don't know if you've seen that, like, butch, lesbian-looking knight, the female Yeah, knight. oh, yeah. She's in, like, mad seasons. Yeah, and see how she was Jamie so Lannister's loyal bitch. to Jamie. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, loyal yeah. to whoever, and, like... Look what came of it. That whole thing of, like, for my king, That's duty. That's queen. duty. You know what like, I mean? That's old, that's old mentality. Like, not old mentality, but that's, like... Because duty, the, the need for duty may still arise if there's... Mm. God knows what happens, but you don't see that shit anymore. Not now. Duty's, like, fucking... You're in France in World War One, And, yeah. like, you're in, like, a French town and Germans. It's, like... <laughs> And you gotta make a move. That's like duty, you know. Yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. have that shit now. We're more like our lives are no more like. Is it illegal? Will I get caught? That's how you define like. Those are the crazy uh, decisions we make, like in our lives. Is like whether we or not we break little laws. That's true. We don't have to. You going after this fly? Yo, oh, he left. Okay. <laughs> oh no, there he is. I'm sorry. Yo, this I'm, guy. I'm so OCD. <laughs> You don't know about Yo, me. get him, Norm. This motherfucker going to die today. Yo, we have flies. I'm just going to call this guy next time we got flies. Yo, if you have, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a fly issue at all, make sure to scroll down, see Big Norm's uh, Instagram, slide into his DMs, be like, yo, we got a big one. Yo, when I did the, I did, I was in the um, uh, naval reserves for like five, six years when I was younger. Yeah, when I was seventeen, I joined naval Just, reserves. Yeah, How was that? 
Oh, bro, I just joined it to make money, you know? Yo, boot camp you can is, ma- you can is $6,000. It's nine weeks, bro. I was 17. Think about that. Nine weeks, that's $6,000. And you come and out, it's untouched because they were paying you to live and paying you to eat and everything in boot camp. That's pretty much uh, two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, two G's. and a bit months. 17 years old. What are your options when a 17 for money like that? Uh, well, I was selling weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah I was selling crack. I was richer in my teens yeah, than the, I am now. Because my, 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 I wasn't paying bills. Yeah, so you I was were just, just stacking. yeah. And I, I made so much money selling weed between 16 and 22, 23, that I was like, sometimes I look I look at myself now and I'm like, well, what happened? Should have bought a house or some shit. Dude, I spent, I could have bought two houses already Legit. with the amount of money I spent on marijuana. The reason I brought up the Navy <laughs> thing is because my boy in boot camp, they caught a big fly, a huge <laughs> fly called a Hercules. Yeah. They straight up tied fishing wire around it and would walk it. They would fly. No. My no. word. This video, bro. No. They would walk the <laughs> fly. It would fly, bro. That's and amazing. They'd hold some of the string and it would just be looped a little. It would just be... And just but walk. would it pull the string? It would fly. It would fly. No, 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 no. It couldn't pull the string. Yeah, because I'm saying so you got to keep heavy slack. String. You got to keep slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very light string, but there's no way you're going to... You're a human, right? Yeah. But like, you got to keep some slack in it and keep... Because the string itself is heavy. Uh, but the fly was big enough it could handle the weight of it, bro. But even like, how did you guys tie that ever? I so wasn't there delicately? for it. I just saw the. I just saw the video. It was a fat fly, bro. It was like a fucking dime. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Oh, how a, they held it down, not fuck bumblebee. with the wings. That's yeah. when you're bored as shit with mad guys, you know? Like, and there's like fat flies all around you. You you come. So up what with do you some- do at at the reserves? Like, so let's let's say I don't know. Toronto has a crazy snowstorm. Yeah, and then like. Mel Lastman at the time called the army to fucking clear up the streets for us. Was that the reserves? Would that well, 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 to clear them up as in like to clear them up, clear the snow? Yeah, don't I'll you- tell you this. The reserves do this. When Manitoba floods and they need motherfuckers to go and stack sandbags, That's you the guys. reserves. Yeah. Uh, w- there's all these contracts that happen. Like if, you, if people are going to the... Caribbean and their people are doing peaceful missions that like are all full-time people and on there there's reservists who have a full-time contract mm. so reservists can go and do regular military stuff they just do it on a contract basis whereas with like your full-time you have to sign like a five-year contract or whatever but I'm not even in it anymore I was in it for like six seven years damn and, that's still a long time but I was I'm a reservist 16. bro you go once a week it's like a fucking boy scouts the reserves is like the boy scouts imagine <laughs> you oh, go once. So you're not w- stuck the whole. No, night. dog. I was in school. I was doing my thing. It was once seven Wednesday seven to ten p.m. That's it. <laughs> you show up. You train whatever your whatever your trade is. Mine was like marine engineer. So we like would th- make sure the diesel engines are all fine and shit. Mm-hmm. We're just watching PowerPoint time. We dip, dude. That's it. That's the reserves for me for six years, pretty much. But there's people who did mad shit. I was I I just joined to be honest. I just joined to make that six G's in boot camp. So do the reserves ever get called into war? Yeah, I mean, if in times of war, those are the first people like they take, and then after that, if they need more people, they'll just draft people. You know? Oh my god! But man, I I don't. People always when I first joined, people were literally being like, "Yo, what happens if we go to war? What happens if we go to war?" And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, are we gonna go to fucking war? Do we see that shit happening? And that was like in 09, 2010, but 
Oh nine twenty two. Nothing came of it, man. They just helped me with school a little bit. I yeah, I was gonna say that must have looked good on a resume or look good. That was the whole plan. That was the whole plan. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get into this thing. Maybe it'll help. And that's all. Did you go to school? Did you know? Yo, I did engineering, bro. I did engineering. Yeah, and that all came out of. That was all as a result of. Well, I wanted to go engineering before, but I just joined because I went to university. It's expensive as shit. I needed money. So I joined the reserves literally to make that six G's in boot camp. My plan was to join, make six G's in boot camp and quit. But then what happens is when you go through nine weeks of boot camp with people, Mm -hmm. they become like family. Yeah. You know? And you can't really just dip. Like, I got the six G's. (laughs) After nine weeks, you're in. It's like a cult shit. And this is in Ottawa too, right? Borden. Borden, Ontario. Borden. Yeah. It even sounds fucked up, huh? No, I remember Borden. You been to Borden? Yeah. For shows or what? No, would you go to Borden? Campground in Borden? There might be, yeah. I think there's a camp. I, I feel like I went there with my school. Borden Campground. It sounds so familiar. Yeah, we did a whole bunch of these in the forest exercises. So it's probably maybe the same area on our show. I have some fun memories in like in Ontario, outside of Toronto. Have you so, traveled a lot for stand up outside of the country? No, no. People assume that I do because I travel a lot. But yeah. when I travel, it's for other gigs. Like when I was in Trinidad and Jamaica and traveling the West Indies, I was a personal chef. So oh, like, is is that what you are? Like trained? Are you a trained? Yeah, chef? I'm a trained chef. That's that's what I actually went to school for. Like, oh, shit. that's what I make my. That's what I made my money off of. Like that's that's what. Is on my. That's what I use my social insurance number for. Pretty much. Gotcha. Okay. My, okay. That's all the government thing, knows. The only thing that you know, my social insurance insurance number has made money off of is all my cooking gigs. Gotcha. Everything else, like maybe one two comedy gigs here and there, but uh, everything is from cooking, for the past fuck how many years? Uh, it's a good while, but it was a, a result of just like once again survival. Being around all these people, okay, fine. I might have been the weed guy, but I still want to hang and party. You know, sometimes people are like, "Man, if only we had someone to throw a barbecue, or whatever." I'm like, "Yo, let me let me cook up a Norm Storm." And I was thinking, "Let me cook up a Norm Storm," and I cook up for the homies and whatnot. Then eventually, I was like, "Ah, oh, my mom's forcing me to go to pressure me to go to school," so I went to chef school just because I'm like, "Ah, it's two years. Let me just yeah, get yeah, this yeah. out of the way and done." <clears throat> and then. I picked up, uh, cheated my way through high school, cheated my way through chef, chef school. school. You know, I was, I was chopping weed to all my professors and they would just pass me and shit. Oh, actually. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> but also terrible because I've wasted my money because I don't know certain theory that I should have known. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do they teach you in chef school? Like how the temperature and like... Well, they teach you techniques. They teach you everything that... Like kind of f- dice quickly? <laughs> yeah, they, they teach you the terminologies. Um, like obviously the French... You know, th- they've they've created a system and a model that everybody else has looked at as okay. This is the, the really this is it. French this culinary is the peak. French culinary is the peak. That, that's why they'll be like, oh, a mirepoix. That's these are the base of a stock. That's a French word. Oh. You know, uh, julienne, a bâtonnet. Like you know, all these different. I didn't know they were at the top of the game. Well, they, I guess they've created a system that's uh, just it. It's so con- it's so well laid out, yeah. That it could be taught, 
So they're just like, let's just do what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Instead of, let's not recreate they've the wheel. They've come up with yeah. sachets. They've come up with this cooking me- uh, method. And But then a lot of times they will shit on Chinese or Asian style cooking. And it's just like, fuck you, French thinking you're the the cockiest fuck about it you know what i mean yeah but then that's french people in general but then it's not that's not to say the asians don't have amazing cooking techniques like the wok like cooking on high heat flash frying amazing you know what i mean uh sushi you know that's a whole other technique that you know the french don't care for there's so many things but anyhow all that being said uh after learning how to cook uh, I was part of this collective called Manifesto, uh, the Manifesto Festival. Um, this is an amazing hip hop and urban arts and culture organization. My roommate at a time was the, was the founder, so just by being around, I got thrusted into it. But I never really had a position, so I was like, "Yo, man, you have this big festival. You have Young and Dundas Square, Nathan Phillips Square." There's all these people serving like random food on the corner. Like, why don't you let me create like a whole food section? I'll run it. And they made a whole f- culinary management director thing for me. And I was like, oh, sick. I finally, this was my literally my way of fitting in and like staying in the circles that I wanted to stay in. Oh, Cooking, so- right? So now I'm part of this manifesto festival because I bum rushed my way into food. <laughs> yeah. And then that same homie that was running that ended up becoming the the manager of uh Marshall Montano who's like the biggest soca artist in the world and whenever he would get flown out to Trinidad my homie be like yo come with me cuz I want you to cook for me and then when I came with him I cooked for him his boss tasted he's like yo cook for me man and I'm <laughs> like boom I'll cook for you too let's do this and I became What are you this- cooking for them? Well here's a funny thing Filipino I'm- shit? No 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 it's 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 uh I like to customize menus based off of their palate, you know? And so you interview people first? Or well, I'll always ask, tell me all the foods you like, and let's get that out the way, and then tell me what you want to achieve. Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to just oh, eat? Shit. Are you trying to eat, you know, to be happy? Are you trying to eat just to be sustained for sustenance and <laughs> nourishment? Like, and I'll design a whole, a whole like, food-structured menu uh, to your lifestyle, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only way I can do it because if I'm going to sit here and try and cook you all these things and I don't know if you like it or not, it's just going to be a waste of food. <laughs> yeah. So you might as well tell me what you want and then we'll go from there. And he wanted to lose weight, so I just created a menu to help him lose weight. It worked. He lost mad weight. And he's like, yeah, come back. So I did that for five years. And people assumed, yo, Normie, you're doing so many things. You're traveling with comedy. I'm like, no, I'm actually doing zero comedy in that. <laughs> I've been here five years and I haven't done one show. You know what I mean? Uh, how many How many months of the year are you there? Two months. Two months. Yeah. January and February. Fuck yeah. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> So I'm like, I haven't. Last year was the first time I saw a winter in Actually, like seven years. Fuck yeah, that. Like a full winter. Are you going back? No, I, I, I'm not hired anymore. Okay. I, they moved on. Did they? Yeah, five years is a lot too, huh? Yeah. Did, would that money be able to like help you for like the year or was it just like. No, I didn't get paid. Sh- like, I got paid pretty shit. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, I got paid pretty regular yeah but it was what i got paid more was living in a hot climated tropical country with the michael jackson yeah i was gonna say trinidad were you were you you part of the crew (laughs) bro i had to i got to experience what it's like to be part of an entourage what it's like to be at the top of the game 
of of a game. Um, What's this guy's name again? Marshall Montano. Marshall Montano. Marshall. Oh man, if you don't know who, like, if all you listeners are listening, know who Marshall Montano is. Yo, this guy is an animal. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> we did. F- you know what a fet is? Like a, a fet, soca no. fet. No. So soca fet is pretty much comparable to a West Indian rave. Okay. Okay. And it's just a bunch of dancing. Yeah. Everybody bubbling and whining, except there's not as much. I did start to see a bit of Molly yeah. later on in the years, but it's all alcohol, weed, party. Yeah, got Dance you. and walk and fuck, all that shit. So these uh, these guys, these, like, have you ever, like, when you go to these raves or these fets, sorry, they're not like a two, three hour thing. These are like, they're going for eight, nine hours, okay? And this guy would do, we, we did 42 fets in 30 days. And he only does fets from Thursday to Sunday. And these are, like I said, huge parties. Everybody's dancing, everybody's jumping, everybody's waving. And then you leave that one, go to a next one, headline that one, go to the next one, headline that one, go to the next one, headline that one. Holy fuck. And we would do, we'd start at like a, uh, a afternoon set, 5 p.m. shutting down, like the one for the families and kids. And then sh- shut down the nine o'clock show jump on a plane to go to Tobago, shut down the the 2 a.m. show, and then legit, and then fly over to another island for the morning sunrise show. There's a morning sunrise show? There's a morning sunrise fete, okay? The they have a fete for everything. There was a fete for the army, <laughs> like on the army grounds, and they called it army fete. There's a fete for, <laughs> for, for all the Zumba and And the army people are dancing in like combats? Are like, are there an army attire well, like going like this? They're just... You're just doing it on the grounds. The army is around protecting everybody, making sure no one's doing any shit. You see all the army guys with their guns hanging out. Sometimes they'll catch a few bubbles. Um, and a lot of it is also some of the army just finally giving themselves a chance to like cool off and have a good time. Oh, but There's so many of these fets. We did 32 of them. Holy and mind you, like shit. I said, we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We don't do it from Monday to Wednesday. So, and this because of religious reasons or, or no, resting, it's resting, yeah, gotcha. Right? And thir- the weekend pretty much is when everyone parties, yeah. So, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the same here 42 fets and in four weeks, so that's between four days each week. So, in 16 days, we did 42 fets. What's the math on that? That's like four a day, that's like two to three a day, right? Or something like that. I don't know. Uh, 16 days, 42 fets, yeah. Three, I'm Asian, I'm yeah, yeah, just about that, just a little less than three a day, right? That's crazy. And then on top of that, he was shooting a music. He shot five music videos, recorded an album, and shot a movie. He just goes nonstop, nonstop. We go from one. We we did those. Four, remember, I was telling you the four fets. Yeah, we did those four fets, and then right after that um, sunrise show, went straight to the movie set to film, and after that. Went home to rest only to get up to do planning for his big show. For hit, like the show he runs, right? Because he's doing all these other fets for other people, but this is like his main show where he has everybody come through. He had Beanie Man uh, come through, Bounty Killer, uh, freaking Ashanti, Fat Man Scoop. Like you can name uh, French Damn. Montana. And I'm like, I'm catering to all these people. Oh, yeah? You know what I'm saying? Like I have to make sure they're, they're like, I'm the. 
ma- uh, food manager. So I'm making sure that not only Michelle's eating, my homeboy's eating, but everybody else is going like, hey, man, you got your food? You good? Are you hungry? You nervous? Are you thirsty? Let me let me know. I'll handle you, you know? Damn. And, I'm, and that's, that was my job. So there's zero comedy. Yeah, I was going to. There's no room for me to be like, <laughs> it was all business because Holy it's like, shit. I'm dealing with top level uh, yeah, clients. Yeah, yeah, that's entourage. They're like, though. even if I wanted to be funny, like, my 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 boss would be like, bro, that's place and time. Job. That's not your job here. Yeah, like, gotcha. Cool, be vibes like patrol the vibe, make sure we're we're good. Yeah, but don't steal the show. This is not your show to steal. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had yeah. to be very subdued. Yeah, naturally, yeah. I'm very like, yeah, what's up? Yo, cause, yeah, you'd be the guy, bro. You'd be right? fucking killing it too, but. But I couldn't do it out there, so it was it was it was also very That's interesting. As though. much as I loved the job, it was also taxing on my soul because I was suppressing myself for these two months. Oh. And then I come back home and I'd be like so drained from this really amazing experience. But then my comedy would like reset almost. I'd be like, oh, where am I? Where am I? I'm back in Canada, I, and I think I have all this material from living. You know this yeah, crazy for seeing life, all this. But then I signed a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't even fucking talk about any of it. Oh, legit? They, yeah. They, they, they give you an NDA to sign. You're not allowed to talk about nothing. Holy! So you have mad stories. Bro. Oh, you I have can't. so many. Like I can talk about the surface level stuff, but yeah. any like real personal stuff that no one would know other than me. Yeah, you can't. Like, you I can't. can't speak. On yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, what about some surface level shit? You can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cooked so Sean Paul and Shaggy was a guest yeah. of one of the shows. <laughs> yeah. Shag, uh Sean Paul, probably one of the most humble human beings I've ever experienced in my life. Like Fuck the yeah. nicest guy was catering to his wife like like a prince, like a like the gentleman of all gentlemen. If chivalry is alive and well, it is in Sean Paul. Legit. Okay? I, because the way he was treating his wife, and I'm like, yo, this guy could have any girl in Jamaica Carnival right now, but he's just so enamored and just focused on his wife that I was like man that's, if I want to be with someone I want to be like that you know what I mean and uh, and he was mad polite mad humble so cool Shaggy, Shaggy? oh man he came in drunk oh shit can I fuck it he came in drunk <laughs> and he's like China man cause he's all fucking drunk right yeah it's like my hungry my hungry hook me and I'm like oh I want I'm interested to see which 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 accent I'll hear from Shaggy? Is it going to be the hard Jamaican? Is it going to be like when he puts on the white voice? Is it going to be like his reggae voice? Like which one is it going to be? But it was drunk, hard. Like <laughs> you cut me on the counter. Yeah, right. <laughs> but what he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> chef. Link me a plate, still. Right. Well, he didn't say it like that, but he just said, "Link me a plate." Nah. I was like, I wasn't prepared for this. I got some leftover. Rice, cold rice in the fridge, some other things. I can make you whip you quick fried rice. Simple. He's like, he said, I forgot what kind of Asian remark he made, but I said, of course, whatever. Of course, he'd make a fried rice. Cooked him up with fried rice. My man just had the bowl in his hand. He was standing, took a bite, closed his eyes, and just like leaned up against the balcony, um, the balcony wall. Yeah. And just like kind of slid down. And then sat down all content, just with his eyes closed. 
just eating the rice I made him. And there was nothing more gratifying than see somebody enjoy your food. Right? Even though he was talking shit. Even still, though he was talking like, shit. Yeah, shut the, like, yeah, you shut the fuck up now. Yeah, you now go, you're not Shaggy. talking. Yeah. You want to talk shit now, but you're loving my food. And his wife's all like, look at this fucking drunk ass right here. Who cleaned? Yeah, you come back. Who cleaned out this plate? Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's so many moments I wanted to be like, yeah, have you ever been to North Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> like the stupidest things. I'm like, nah, don't do it, Norm. He, I really had to stop. Is this dude's place a palace? Well, he lived in the penthouse of like the main condominium in like it's like this like a resort. Set. So let's say uh, like a resort style nah, it building. Was, it was still like pretty open to the public. I was like, yo, okay. you are the men in Trinidad, but you're still pretty accessible, which was kind which of scared is, for me. Yeah, scared yeah. Because you know there was just so many people that wanted. There's so much money, you don't know who's coming him, around him. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you live in the, in the penthouse with him, or you were like? I was his living chef, so I would see. Oh fuck! Say it, say it. I would have to cook breakfast for people. Like women. For people. <laughs> I would have to cook breakfast in the morning. Yeah. For whoever for people, was there for the night. For whoever was there in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Yo, it was one time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had to bring a, this girl comes down just like, you know. Scratching her head like, mm, I'm so thirsty. And she's like, oh. I'm like, titties. I was Naked? Like, oh, man. Yeah. Come on, man. This she's not going to cover yourself up right? for the chef. Oh, the chef. She didn't care. Yeah, she yeah. She was yeah. like, whatever. This this guy cooked for me last night. Now he's seen me come. He knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So you saw and her with dressed the night before. I saw her dressed the night before. I saw her naked the next day. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I said, I whipped up. A little like small smoothie and whatnot while she was just standing there like leaning up against the counter, creating like deeper cleavage, just like having conversation as I'm like whipping up a smoothie. <laughs> it's like it's a cool job. It's a cool job. <laughs> you know? So and the amount of times I've seen titties uh was was pretty dope. Um but that's Trinidad in general. You'll see a lot of titties in, in Trinidad. Just like at the Fets? At the Fets, yeah. yeah. At the carnival, too, on the day of, like some girls, I mean, you're pretty much, they're just covering their nipple up with something, and then, at, you know, it's still a titty, just no nipple. But that's a question. Is it nipple, is a titty, a, a, a titty without the nipple? Uh, the titty's the main part, because you can show the deepest level of cleavage and it's okay yeah but as soon as you show the titty then it's like some rated r shit no i'm talking but if the nipple ain't there yeah like if, actually if, if it's not showing or there is not, no nipple the nipple not <laughs> no it still exists <laughs> yeah. it's just not showing in that moment in time it's like yeah you know you know what i'll show uh, like in the back pages they'll show like a fully naked chick but they'll have a star over the nips and you're like Eh, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once yeah, you yeah. see that nipple, you're like, ooh, nipple. You Bro, they I mean? could cover the whole titty and have a little hole for the nipples, and you would do the same thing. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah. It's all about the nipple. <laughs> it is all about the nipple. You know, there's there's, there's a few times I challenged myself <laughs> to, like, suck a titty without touching the nipple. 
until like later. Just oh, just, just like just to practice discipline. Of, like no, discipline. for the sake of teasing and just like creating that buildup. Gotcha. But I just can't resist. Yeah, it's, it's like all the about nipples the right yeah. now. I just, just want to put my mouth around it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> just come here, nipple. Everything else is a fucking waste of time, bro. Oh man. Imagine, that's so funny just kissing through the cleavage like that I'm gonna get to the nipple like let's say you don't even have titties and all you have is nipple you know what I mean like there's a lot of guys wouldn't even naked. have a problem with that right I oh guess that. chicks that literally are like super super flat chested yeah without that nipple you ain't got yeah, the problem is when they're super flat chested, it just looks like a guy's chest. Because we got the nipple too, obviously, yeah. right? I got to have a little, you got to have a little bump. Yes. A little something. Even just if to it be means like, oh, like that's, a, that's a woman. That's pushing a it up. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you got to do. Mm. Oh, yeah. So that that's that's my Trinidad stories. That's, dude, that's... I don't know how we Oh, man. There. Oh, dude, I just... I, you got to tell this story, but I realized we're like an hour and something in. But I had this is the whole reason, pretty much, that I was like, "Yo, you got to come on my podcast." You were flying to, and got trapped in Taiwan. Yes, tell this story, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. But this is the funniest shit ever. Like, woo wee! <laughs> All right, folks. <sighs> Put it on your seatbelts. Okay, so I'm on the way. This I'm going to keep the, do the concise version. I'm on the way to the Philippines to see my father. Um, I had just left the cannabis cup in Jamaica. I was a judge. I was doing some work out there. And then I was like, all right, let me just fucking go straight to the Philippines from here. I cleared out my bags, made sure I was like weed free. Uh and then I went off. Uh, I had a stop off in Taiwan, a lay a two day layover because I wanted to check out the night markets. And I had already what's been a night market? A night market in Taiwan is basically, af- I guess after six o'clock, certain streets just get shut down, and all these people just start putting up these like little kiosks and like oh it's like okay a okay food market gotcha. Much. Um, and it's they're always really dope and huge. The night market yeah, in Taipei. In, in Taipei, they have them all over. Um, Taipei, they have the most. But in China and in and in in any country that has a lot of Chinese influence, yeah, there's always going to be a night market of sorts. Okay, right? sure. And they'll always have stinky tofu, lots of things on sticks, grilled. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All that shit, right? So anyhow, <laughs> so I I decided to go there because it was actually cheaper to go to Taiwan and then just buy a connecting flight to the Philippines. And I wanted to check out the night market. So I go, I was told they're going to, they have this passive aggressive way of racial profiling where they'll like say they lost your bag and then they'll look through it and then they say they found it and then they'll they'll send it to you. Uh. But, um, and I didn't think it was going to happen to me, but I I land and like, oh, your, your luggage hasn't arrived yet. It was like, lies, it has, you guys are just holding it. It probably smells like Jamaica. So go ahead, look through it. You're not going to find anything. Yeah. Boom. So I, I I did my two days. Funny thing is, I, f- I forgot my wallet. Okay. So I in was in Jamaica. Out, or no, in well, that bag. sorry. I came home from Jamaica, flew to Toronto. Okay, okay. For like two hours, went home, <laughs> oh, quickly repacked, and then went, left my wallet at home. So I had nothing with me. I had oh. my phone. And that's it. So luckily, you could do a lot of things. I, I got my, my Uber. I got my Airbnb. Everything on my phone. Cool. Let me find a way to just handle this. Uh, I meet a Canadian out there. I do this Canadian's podcast. Uh, in, in Taiwan. In Taiwan. Because my homie's like, yo, meet my buddy Temba. He's cool. He'll show you the ropes. Just hang out with him for a night. 
So I did a uh, I did his podcast with some homie some of his homies. We ended up going down south partying. Saw my homie famous from Toronto out there. He's a big DJ out there. So it was it was a great time. Sick, right? But it was like I don't have my wallet. I don't have my luggage. Whatever. It's starting off to be a bad trip, but I persevered. Two days. You know, it's two days. I'm going to the Philippines. Uh, My homie was like, "I'll bring your wallet." To the Philippines and the Philippines, was, you're you're at your it's home base. Yeah, so you don't even need a wallet. Yeah, they, you're getting taken care pretty of pretty much. Yeah, and like I could, and somebody from home was meeting me out there, so I was like, "Yo, can you pass by my crib, grab my wallet? I'll meet you in the Philippines." I get to the airport now to pick up my luggage, um, because they wouldn't deliver it to me at my spot. They're like, "You have to pick it up." I'm like, "Whatever, I'm leaving in two days. I'll pick it up on my way up." I get there, they're like, "Come with us." They take me to the back, and they're like, "I'm a, I'm a fucking." OCD packing freak. So when I, when they opened my bag and I saw everything was just like squished in there, I was like, "You motherfuckers!" And they're like, "You knew they were in." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Hey, you were in there, whatever." They see a pair of pants and they're like, "What's in these pants?" I was like, "What do you mean, what's in these?" There's nothing. I went through everything, and then they're like, "No, oh, what's in the?" And then they pointed at the little change pocket. Yeah, that's above oh, the, the little, big, and I was little like, slot at the top. I'm there. like, "Oh fuck!" It's like. And I remembered, I'm like, yo, I remember smoking a spliff and it was so big in Jamaica. I was like, let me just rip off this tip and put it in my pocket and then, and then roll that later. Yeah. Okay. I put that in my pocket, forgot it was there. It had opened up and it's just like now all loose weed in my pocket. They scrape it out. They're like, what's this? I was like, that's lint. That's <laughs> yeah. a bit of hair. There's some crumbs and... About one point three, uh, point one three, of of marijuana, just like, right, just scattered around the pocket, and then they're like, marijuana, are you a deal? Uh, like, this is illegal here. You're you're in trouble. I was like, guys, no, 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 no. I'm just, you don't understand. This is what I do. Like, I work in the marijuana industry. I'm a medical marijuana patient. Like, I was just in Jamaica doing work. Here are my papers. This is, says how much I'm allowed to have. Like, I had everything set. And they were like, I even told them, like, yo, there's there's more there's more and more cases like this happening that's going to happen because there's so many places in the world legalizing marijuana. So you guys are going to need to either fix your shit up, be a bit more lenient, and understand what the world's moving towards. Yeah. Right? They didn't and, like that. But here's the thing. They they it's not that they didn't like that. They were more so surprised that I had so much information. I was like, no, this is shit. I showed them my cook at the time I was shooting a pilot for a marijuana cooking show. So like this is my cooking show. I actually cook with marijuana. It's not like crazy drug that you guys think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see like how much weed there's a scene where like they're dropping all this weed on me and it's like so much. I'm like are you showing them footage? And I'm showing them footage. I'm like, this is what I do, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is my life. So for you to penalize me for something that I do in my country that's legal and totally fine, because and I didn't have no intention of doing it here. I was just passing through, and you just found this in my pocket. Just Can you just like charge me or just ban me from your country and let me keep on going? Yeah. Like You don't need to like keep me here. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. We got to send you to trial. We got to do all this shit. And I was like, please don't do this to me. And I was like, fuck. And I was like so down because they were like, they had me do the fingerprints and I got it all on camera too. Like it's so weird. They let me keep my camera even in, when they had me detained. They put me in a jail with the cam- with my camera and asked me if I wanted Wi-Fi. I was like, "What?" <laughs> that's so that's a, that's hilarious. But what happened was they were so like um like at first they're like, "Oh, you're in trouble." But then after I was like, "Oh my god." They 
I was I had my head down and then I realized the terte in the Philippines at the time was killing people on the spot. If if they found you had any form of drugs, death, boom, pop, headshot, right? He even allowed Filipino um, people. He uh, he said, hey, if you know of any drug dealers, any drug addicts in your neighborhood, I'm giving you permission to deal with them on my behalf. Kill them, do whatever it is you need, take them off the streets. We don't want any of those guys. At all. God damn. So people were going around killing motherfuckers like on some vigilante shit saying, hey, uh, drug dealers, turn yourselves in. Drug addicts, turn yourselves in. Or the community is going to kill you. And if not us, Duterte is going to send his people and they're going to kill you. Holy so shit. that's what was happening when I was like, like on my way to the Philippines. So when I, was, when I realized, I'm like, Taiwan, you saved my life. If they found this in the Philippines, I would be dead on the spot. You guys are literally my guardian angels. Thank you for finding this. So it turned from oh, oh, oh to, ho, 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 you see, we saved you, right? I don't know. I had to do that voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no after that happened, like the whole tone switched. It went from okay, now we know everything. We we see this with a new light. You weren't trying to like bring this in. We're gonna send you off, and hopefully you're good. Okay. So, but we still have to go through the process because we've already put you in the system. You got to see the prosecutor. They're gonna tell you uh, what you're charged with and if you'll be charged. Cool. So I go to the prosecutor. I have this one translator who's not even a real translator. It's just the one person that could speak English. It's Bobby Lee from Matt TV. Uh oh, hot dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you have anyone else? <laughs> uh oh, hot dog. So they're they're deliberating. They're doing all this shit in in the court case, and then finally they turn to me. The lady turns to me and she says, "Okay, do you have any final word to tell to the prosecutor?" And I'm like, "Your Honor, this is my life. This is what I do." This is my livelihood. This is my medication. I take this to live. Please don't penalize me for this. This is legal in my country. There's so many things that this could benefit the world with. You, you guys are just not there yet, but I'm sure you'll get to it. But please find it in your heart to forgive me. Just let me move on to see my terminally ill father in the Philippines. Please find it in your heart. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. Can you let them know? The The... He's like, uh oh, hot dog. The translator looks at the <laughs> prosecutor and he's like, Sing sure I'm like, bitch, that was like three words. Yeah. Like, I said a whole speech. You say what I said. Yeah. She and then the officer, the, the, the prosecutor hits the gavel and I'm like, I have no clue what I've been charged with. I have no clue what's going on. Like, okay, now we're going to take you to the, the jail. I'm like, I'm going to jail? Like, yeah, we have to put you in the holding cell until we figure out which. Um, main jail we're sending to you I'm like oh my god I'm going to jail so but then this is how crazy my mentality is okay I'm such a resilient dude it's a Filipino thing right I get I'm like alright Norm at least if you're going to jail at least you're finally going to get a free Norm shirt you've always wanted a free Norm shirt <laughs> yeah, right. you're going to finally have a free, free norm, norm shirt right like back norm. home in Canada and so I'm going in, I'm like, all right, this is all the BET hip hop videos you've seen, all them yeah, get ghetto ready. movies yeah, you've yeah. seen, people in jail. Like, like this, I gotta find the biggest it, didn't it, fight them. You know what I'm saying? It prepared <laughs> me for this, that, all that prepared you for this day. It prepared you for being in this situation and this time when he's jail, you banged up abroad, let's go. I get stripped naked, they gotta wash me down, they spray me down, they make me squat, 
do the cough to make sure I ain't got no shit in my no no drugs in my ass. And even in that moment, when I'm naked, wet, squatting, coughing, I thought to myself, who has it worse, me? Or the guy that has to inspect coughing assholes <laughs> yeah, right. seven, eight times a day. You got pink eye every week. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, man, I would rather go to jail up. than be you right, right. now. He's but, trying to get goggles. Right. <laughs> it's not in the budget. He wasn't even wearing goggles. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not in the budget. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, so they take they take me to the holding cell. I, I'm in there with my phone, everything. All these other inmates come in, but they're all in uniform, and I'm the only one in my gear. I have this ill velvet jacket. I'm looking swaggied out with my phone. Everyone's looking at me like, who is this man? I'm just looking at everybody like, yo, superhero? you don't fucking know me, right? Just claiming my fucking presence. Yeah, yeah. So finally, they, they call me out, and they're transferring me to this other jail. So now, I'm the first person in the car. There's five other guys in there with me. They're bringing me to the jail. They, we get there, and I'm supposed to come off the bus first, but I'm just like, whatever. I'm just like leading, on my, leading my head, just kind of taking my time. Everybody gets off, and I get off last. So now, as they're processing everybody to go into the jail, I'm the last person to be processed. They get to the third guy of the five, and they're like, and I see like the officers arguing. And like they're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Oh. So finally, after that little argument, I still got it on camera. They come up to me. And they're like, do you have a place you can stay until your trial? I was like, yeah, 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 I do, I do. I just thought of that podcast homie that I just met. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't know if he'd let me stay there. I was like, yeah, 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 I could. I got a place to stay. They're like, okay, can you call your friend? And we, we have to speak to him. And this guy spoke perfect Mandarin. He wasn't even Taiwan. He was half Taiwanese, half Mexican. Um, well, one of the co-hosts. And, and his name was Antonio Chen. That's right? amazing. But they called him Tony Chen, cause, <laughs> right? Yeah, so when I when I, when I when I when I he jumped on the phone, he's talking perfect Mandarin. He looks like Rob Lowe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's super white looking dude. But he's Taiwanese Mexican, and they're like, okay, we'll release you to him. And they're like, boom. So I'm like, wow, I'm getting free bail until my trial. This is dope. They call me an Uber, and they're like, as as. As they're walking me out, they're like, oh, we forgot to ask for your friend to send documentation. Can you ask him to send his ID, his passport? So he sends it over. And they had finished most of the paperwork. And then they, I guess they saw. And they're out, out the precinct. I'm already out there. And they, they, they see the message. And they see that he's an American citizen. They're like, oh, no. No, no, no. We're not allowed to release you to... Um, to, we're only allowed to release you to a Taiwanese citizen because if you try to skip the country, we could penalize, you know, it's on the yeah, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it'll just make you stay, right? Uh, so they not only did they fuck up by not putting in me, me in first, and I was like the person at the end, so they didn't have no more space for me. They also fucked up in the paperwork because they weren't allowed to release me to this American guy, but they had already, I'm outside. so much shit My done. clothes yeah. are on. Everything's done, like... They're like, fuck. And this is three days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, just go. Right? Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. When I showed my homie the video, I'm like, can you translate what they're saying? He's like, bro, you're so lucky. Right now they're angry, throwing blame at each other. Like, who did this? Who did this? Like, you know, Christmas is in three days. Yeah. Like, why? We just want to go home. Yeah. Right? It's like, bro, if they weren't so frustrated, you wouldn't have got this free bail. They wouldn't have been rushing to just get you off their hands. But the fucked up thing was because that happened, 
After that, it was New Year's. And after New Year's, it was Chinese New Year's. After Chinese New Year's, it was Lantern Festival. After Lantern Festival, it was Dragon Boat Festival. All between December and February. So there's so many holidays and so many statutory holidays that the... Like nothing administrative was happening. Nothing administrative was happening, so my shit got lost. Yeah. So I'm calling in like three months later, like, when's my trial? Like, we'll get back to you. I'm like, I don't have a number for you to get back to. Like... Yeah, <laughs> do I just have to keep on calling? They don't have a consul, a Canadian consulate in Taiwan. Legit. Because Taiwan is not considered a country. It's, oh, it's it's considered an extension of China. Yeah, but yeah. even though they're like, no, we're an independent country. They're like, no, 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 China. We owe you. We owe you. Yeah. And if yeah. anybody wants those Nikes that we're sending to you, don't deal with Taiwan unless you go through us. Yeah. And people are like, okay, that's cool. And Taiwan's like, no, <laughs> we're our own country. Anyhow, um, so after they finally let me go. And I'm I'm here three four months in, like I had enough money to last me two months in the Philippines, right? Because I was staying there for two months. Um, now I'm three months in. I'm like, my God, I have no more money left. What the fuck? And it's way more do? expensive in Taipei er, in Taiwan. I'm assuming than it is in the Philippines. It is 100. Yeah. percent Still cheap. Yeah. But it was still like, my God, what am I gonna do? I have no money. I end up getting I I took over the comedy scene out there. They had a small, tiny little comedy you scene. You took it over? I went in. I was like, yo, <laughs> fuck this. I'm headlining all these shows. I'm gonna, let me show you who the fuck the best comedian is in the country I'm right now. Singing and shit. And I came in and I fucking just took over their scene, um, you know, making a little 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, whatever, you know, headlining a show here. Um, and But then it was also very illegal. If you get caught doing comedy out there, Stand up is illegal there? Well, it's not illegal. It's if you have a a visa for teaching or because there's a lot of expats there. Yeah. If but if you're if you go if you're outside, doing some shit you're not supposed to be doing, gotcha. Then you get yeah, deported. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um anyways, I'm doing comedy out there and I meet this dude who's like, Hey man, I this Jewish lawyer from Wisconsin. <laughs> Right, who moved out to the Taiwan. So random dude in right? Taipei, yeah. Fell in love with a Taiwanese girl, moved out there, opened a taco stand, like a taco restaurant, a Mexican restaurant. Uh, and he's like, yo, man, I, I heard you're a comedian. I'm trying to run a campaign of like funny memes and funny like uh, Instagram ads. If you could help me come up with some cool puns, you know, I'll pay you 50 bucks for each pun. I'm like, what? 50 for a pun? 50 a pun. I was like, yo. And it was 50. It was the pun. And then I was supposed to, I told him I'd graphic designer and I would graph, I'd design him a meme. Oh, the image the too. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I gave him a list of 30. He's like, I'm going to choose five. This is what I got. This is my first paycheck out there. Okay. Yeah. I got paid $250 for these five fucking <laughs> stupid ass puns. So it's obviously a Mexican restaurant. So I was like, the first one is, we put the Juan in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> okay he's like i like that yeah kind of ra- mildly racist but that's wicked um he's counting bills as he's going through 50 right uh next one was uh he he <laughs> he loved dmx yeah and dmx has this if you listen to enough uh mixtapes from back in the day there was always always this 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 drop the sound bite of DMX going talk is cheap motherfucker right yeah. <laughs> and I and I was like tacos cheap motherfucker <laughs> right and it was just tacos instead of talk is yeah, yeah. right he took he was like He's I like, love, love it, it love it love it uh, I had one with Steve Harvey holding a, a beer a Corona 
and it just says services ding you know because he's a family yeah feud the guy. family feud but cervezas obviously is beer in fucking <laughs> in spanish oh that's actually really good yes yeah, so yeah cervezas yeah. that one's a really good Boom. one yeah. he loved that one uh fuck i forget the other one. but no this is the one that his wife loved and was like oh norm you're amazing they love cats in Taiwan. They fucking love them. Like Hello Kitty, all that. Like they, you'll see like pots of like little cans of milk on the side, little tuna cans for the stray cats walking around. They love People cats. People love cats. Yeah. So I was like, for all you cat lovers, if you didn't know, tackles backwards spells so cat. <laughs> and his wife went crazy she's like just give him the money give it him all yeah give him everything that's so funny so i got money off that and then and then through his restaurant there was another dj djing and he was like his name was it was lebron dj's lebron james's dj whenever he would come to do nba shit in china and taiwan oh shit so he's like hey and he was so happy to be a teacher and uh oh mind you so the guy i was staying with the guy that did his podcast, he was like, yo, I've been trying to go on vacation for a while. Um, whenever I go on vacation, whenever I need a substitute, I go on this Facebook page to find substitute teachers and um, yeah, substitute English teachers. But I'm just going to say I found you on there and my school trusts the moment like, oh, from that group, Facebook group. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he just referred me and I'm like, I, I'm good with kids. I've, I've taught some after school programs, went in, smashed. Okay, they're like, yo, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this teacher, right? <laughs> yeah. He is so, in, I was like the Jack Black. Of, oh, of, like back then. You know, but this school was School of Rock, school of Hip Hop. Rock, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, kids, what's the sound of a letter A? They're like, ah. I'm like, let me hear you go, ah, 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 ah. Okay, okay. <laughs> what's the sound of the letter B? They're like, buh. I'm like, now hold up your gun fingers. And I'm here you go, buh, 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 buh. Right, so this is like, and I'm teaching them Nas. You know, I know I can be what I want to be. be, and these kids are like reciting this like over and over throughout the day. Parents came up to me the next day, like, I love the song you teach them. You know, I had to teach them the difference between this and that. I'm like, uh, black sheep, let's go. You can get with this. You, you can, can get, get with, with that. Yeah. You can get with it. And the kids are learning just through the. the through like I'm taking their curriculum and just adding some flavor on it and the teacher's are like what are you doing this is amazing yeah right? that's incredible and then so after you're killing that, I'm killing pretty yeah, much I'm you're killing, killing. Yeah, yeah. and some other um, teacher was like yo I've been looking for a substitute but I don't trust anybody with my kids they're pretty rowdy but I've seen you with the kids I think you can handle it I need to take a month off can you handle that I'm like boom let's do it I'll, I'll, I'll do it I need the money. Yeah. And they're paying me like $38 American an hour. So I'm, oh, like, I'm like, I'm making more money here than I made in Canada. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have no 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 university degree. I ain't got no TESOL certification. Yeah, I just had a this criminal is that catch record. Me if you can. And I was teaching teaching the future of Taiwan, right? And then I guess this other teacher hears about me. Uh, that same teacher I was telling you about, um, the LeBron James DJ was like, yo, man, I heard you, you teach too, so... I heard you need a job. If you want to teach my class, I need to do. I need two month. I need a two month hiatus. I was like, I could probably get dipped, you know, within those two months. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I might get the calm. Like, all right, you got. Now we're deporting you. This is it. Your trial's set. Boom, and then you're gone. So I was like, I don't know, but I did it anyways. For actually a month. It was only a month and a half. And then after I finished that contract, the t the owner of the school was like, "You're amazing." 
I own the school. I own schools in Taiwan, Thailand, India, Singapore, Philippines, like bare schools for Chinese students. He's like, you can teach at any single one you want. Choose. <laughs> and in fact, I need to go on vacation. So I'm basically covering all these people that have been wanting to take a break. Yeah. And the, so the school principal is like, cover my grade six class. So I went from kindergarten to grade one, grade three, to now grade six. I'm teaching all forms of curriculums. I was such a bad student, and here I am teaching these these kids who are great students. Yeah, yeah All yeah. Chinese kids are like, really like, list, they listen. Disciplined, yeah. But now I'm teaching them how to loosen up yeah. and be fun with it. You're catching standing O's at the end of the class. <laughs> Dude. Yo, he killed. He dropped the mic, dip. Dropped the chalk. But now, but see, with all that, like, this is happening within, so I'm stuck there for seven months. So from month That's three crazy. to month six. It's supposed to be a two-day thing. A two-day thing. Seven months. Seven months. And guys, uh, listening to this, seven fucking months out there, six of those months I was smoking weed. <laughs> that, yeah, I, every day. Everybody's okay? smoking. Like, no, no matter no, no. where you go. Well, yeah. Not but, everybody, but I'm saying, like, there's always that subset of people that get it and are just blazing, like, everywhere else you go in the world. Dude, I found it. So I met this teacher at that same school. Yeah. Who grew up in Scarborough, who's from Scarborough. <laughs> what the fuck? Lived on Markham and Lawrence, 10 minutes away from where I lived on Markham and Eglinton. And we're the same age. I'm like, bro, we were around. We could have been in the same class at some points or cross each other's paths so many times, but we had to cross paths in fucking Taiwan, which is crazy. And we, I went to his house to hang out, and I was like, I don't know if you get down like this, but I want to smoke this weed. I don't know if you have a rooftop I can smoke. He's like, you found weed? I've been living here 10 years. I couldn't find no weed. You've been here a month, two <laughs> months, and you fucking have all this. I'm like, bro, I'm the plug. I got mad weed. I got like five different guys I get from. Like Sometimes I chat to some people here. Like It was I had to find ways to survive. Okay? That's fucking hilarious. Uh, I know you got to cut this off weed? soon, so let me let me yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story. What happened with the like the administrative end of things? So finally, um, I applied for legal aid. Now legal aid is only for Taiwanese citizens. Okay, but I'm like whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna go in and I have I have so much time on my hands. I'm just let me do every single thing that I can to try and like obtain a lawyer, some legal help, um, and then this. This optometrist, okay, not optometrist. Uh, this eye, this famous eye doctor in Taiwan, who also so happens to be this gay rights activist and um, erotic painter and huge literary uh, a character. Like this guy writes poetry and is like a lit- literature god in Taiwan. Like okay, people, okay, yeah he's, yeah. he's flown out everywhere to have these conferences. It just so happens. His mother, his godmother, um, had a daughter that was dating my homie, and I guess they were talking about it at, at a, like a, a party, and then it somehow the mother called the dude. That dude got to me and was like, listen, I heard you going through some shit. I'm an eye doctor. I understand the medical, uh, the medical, what's the word? Um, like glaucoma and all yeah, that like, shit. Like, we'll like, give you an out yeah. for the weed stuff. He's like, yeah, I, I understand the... The medical yeah, this, need for the, marijuana. The medical need for marijuana. So I feel bad for you. Let me help you. Let me give you money. Let me like, but I don't want you to go out here and work illegally. Why don't you? I ha, he had to go to the Philippines and teach this big literature do a speak at this literature conference, and he was mad nervous. He's like, I know you're a public speaker. You're a comedian. Can you can you tutor me in some English? Help me write my speech. And bro, we ended. I ended up teaching him like 
for for two months every wednesday he would give me 200 a session it would be a two-hour session we just sit at starbucks and all i had to do was well i i created like um just some work like a, a worksheet of words different phrases different sentences and then we would just have conversation for an hour and i'm like since you're going to the philippines uh he was like i can't understand filipino english it's so i could only understand chinese english like the accent is too strong so i'm like he's like can you help me i'm like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna speak in as many different filipino accents as i can in our conversation and you just stop me whenever you don't understand a word and i'll explain it and i'll break it down right and he was he was super gay so i was like <laughs> Let, there's there's a huge lgbtq community in the philippines it, let's say you know a cute Filipino guy that you're digging decides to talk to you and wants to like you know kick some game. It's gonna suck if you don't understand what he's saying. He's like, yeah, I'm right? following. Keep going. So today I'm playing the gay guy that's going, <laughs> you know, and I created all these characters. I'm like, oh my god, tell me about your brush strokes. I cannot <laughs> believe how good your paintings are. And I just <laughs> talk with this voice, and it was just I'm laughing because I'm like Prepping in my head. Him. Cause I'm like I'm getting paid yeah. to fucking just do improv as this gay guy in a Starbucks in a Starbucks, <laughs> right? And the thing is, after once I created that character, because I did the 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 buyer, and if somebody wants to buy one of your pieces, you know, he's trying to sound mad affluent and oh, so tell me more about the juxtaposition of all of your colors with this, right? Yeah, I do yeah. these voices and. But after I showed him the gay, he's like, just stick to the gay one. That's the one that <laughs> That's I like the most. I like that right? one the most, yeah. Um, so, I, so in summary, I was writing me, I was creating me, I was meme generating. I was teaching English uh, to, to K, K to grade six. I was tutoring a, a doctor and, and flamboyant and optometrist. Flamboyant <laughs> optometrist. Yeah. Um, running the comedy scene. Yeah. And also, I've. This is Asia, land of the little booty. Okay. Why did I fuck the largest ass I've ever fucked in my life <laughs> in Taiwan? The land of little booty. A Taiwanese chick? Nah. She had something in she there. She wasn't a Taiwanese chick. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm 100% on Tinder. Mm. Every girl that I matched and actually met up with, I've smashed. God Mind damn, you, it's bro. only one girl that I've matched yeah, with, yeah, met up with. One, that's baby. still one for still one. one. I'm 100%. Those are stats. Okay? That's just math. But it was in Taiwan. It was from this uh, uh, this teacher that was living out there from Botswana. Where is Let that? me tell you, she put what the is that? butt in Botswana. <laughs> yo, dude, I Botswana won't. Yo, I'm going to give you 50 for that. I'm going to give you 50 for that. Woo! She, the, like, her, each booty cheek looked like a pregnant woman's belly. <laughs> yeah, eight, yeah. eight, nine months in, okay? <laughs> Just, like, I would literally do this to each booty cheek and be like, damn, it's so big, man. I'm so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes you feel more thankful than a fat than ass. Than a fat that. ass. And it's so true. So I had kind of like a temporary girlfriend in the last two months of my trip out there with a beautiful African queen, you know, in Taiwan, getting paid, doing comedy. I was almost like, where am I going? This was I had Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I fell in love with my captor, <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, this is too good. And then eventually, okay, back to the, this is the last story. Back to the legal aid. I applied for legal aid, wasn't supposed to get it. That 
optometrist was gonna get me a lawyer through him like he, he was like I'm gonna get my lawyer to help you out so I had all these documents didn't know what they said because they're all in man, uh, Mandarin or in Chinese I give it to the lawyer um, and she's going through it and she's like you have a lawyer I was like what it's like you've been accepted for legal aid I don't know how this has happened but this goes to show you how bad our legal system is and like they're so slack that they they make mistakes like this all the time this is the reason why you've been in lim legal limbo for seven months like but you've been accepted for legal aid and in Taiwan they are the complete opposite of Canada or, or North the America. The legal aid's the shit? The legal aid is to provide poor people that wouldn't normally have a fair fight. Yeah. With it, they would provide them with an amazing lawyer to make sure that they have a fair fight with the rich that have all these amazing lawyers. Gotcha. So legal aid is actually really good help lawyers. It. Here it's like a public defender with a thousand cases. Exactly. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you're going to you yeah, just you're just fucked. just accept the <laughs> plea fucked. bargain. Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. say guilty even yeah. though you're not. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. So the guy said the same thing to me. He's like, listen, you could fight this and I can get you off, but you're gonna be here for another year fighting it. Or you could plead you guilty. Could plead guilty. Uh, they will. I'll make sure that they they hit you with a sentence that's under six months. Because here in Taiwan, uh, any sentence under six months, you could pay fifty dollars a day American uh, and get yourself out of jail uh, per day. Per day. Right? Yeah. So I got hit with uh, three months. They gave me ninety days. So I was like, 90 days times $50, that's $4,500. I was like, I'll pay the $4,500 American. Let's do it. I made that out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a I'll bunch. Put you, I'll give you 5000 just right? to make sure, you know? And just luckily, I've been like, thank you, mom, for teaching me to pay it forward and be a good dude and, and like always look out for other people. And karma came flooding in. Like while I was out there, the amount of like support I was getting, the amount of money that I was getting deposited into my, because I had direct deposit, and I would just see money in my bank account. Like, yo, where's this coming from? And just people would be like, yo, no, I just threw some money in there for you. Just don't even ask for it back. Just I know you're. That's incredible. And I, I was like, this is like I'd be in tears. Like, why is all this goodness happening to me amidst all this fuckery? This is this is supposed to technically be the worst seven months of my life, but it actually has been the greatest seven months of my life. It's turned my life around. It's it pulled me away from Toronto. It was the reset button I needed to bring me back into Canada, all rejuvenated. And uh, yeah, after all that, after they find like I got the three months, went in, paid the forty five thou. They, they brought me straight to the airport. They're like, we're gonna, de we're deporting you from here because they told me bring all your luggage to the fucking courthouse. Brought it all. Now, as they're bringing me through the fucking airport, I'm cuffed. All these police around me, but it's not like cuffs and then the chain to your, yeah, to your yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just wrists, right? Okay. Now they didn't go behind my back. They had it in the front. Now I had this pimp ass green crush velvet jacket that had really baggy uh arms Sleeves, so like yeah. it was covering the uh it was covering the the handcuffs the handcuffs so it just looked like i was getting like vip escort service to the airport because <laughs> yeah. i'm like going through all the customs going through everything and people are looking like, like damn oh, who's like that people taking pictures of me and shit yeah. that's I got the my new son. bruno mars <laughs> <laughs> is that bruno mars yeah. oh man 
Then I make it to the airplane. They make the announcement. Uh, this person here is, is is being deported. I am Marshall. I'm flying. Whatever. God damn. Why do they got to do that? So, uh, and I'm like, whatever. fuck it. I'm going home. I'm going home. And Dude, that's amazing. Then I landed home. The next day, I did the Nubian night. Uh, literally, no, sorry. The same night I got home. What am I talking about? I had Nubian night. Home. I was like. If I make it, I aligned. make it. Yeah. If I don't, I don't. And this was the showcase for Just for Laughs. So I came home. I'm home. I'm so excited. Like, I'm home! And I was so excited. And I'm, I'm telling all these jokes. Like, like, uh, like I'm clear-minded. Everything's so great. Next thing you know, I'm on, after doing such a great set, everybody's all like, he's back. Boom. I get my first uh, JFL taping with Kevin Hart and the rest was history yo that's the fucking sickest story ever man (laughs) that's the reason I was like this guy you gotta come on what a story who gets trapped seven months in a random country and thrives right that whole time they're there a Filipino is is who does that because we can survive in anything but dog I appreciate you so much this has been amazing tell the people where to find you uh, you can find me uh, at Big Norm Comedy on Instagram, uh, at The Big Norm Show on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, put all the stuff in the yeah, description, anyways. I'll, but you got your show. Your yeah, I got I got the new weekly uh, Northern Playlistic Cadillac Comedy over at uh, the cat the legendary Cadillac Lounge. Uh, I got the Extra Gravy Podcast, which is uh, every Wednesday. Uh, we got a bunch of amazing guests coming up in the next bit because after we did that Soiti one the label started hitting us up like yo can we send some more artists your way I'm like yeah so that's gonna be popping and yeah just look out for all the Bear Jokes production comedy shows that uh, myself and Keith Pedro put on Uh, that's that's my little partner in my partner in comedy my PNC one of the other Canada's killers one of the other Canadian killers and one of the other Filipino guys like literally there's three there's like a hand there's probably 10 in the whole country is he Filipino Keith yeah yeah oh shit Pedro yeah yeah Spanish colonizers god damn <laughs> there you go and from my end wherever you're listening just click subscribe uh, check out the YouTube video it comes out on Wednesdays leave a five star review on Apple and all that stuff and uh, just tell your friends about the immigrant section. I appreciate y'all for listening and watching. Thanks and so much. Don't miss this guy. He's going to be performing at my show on the 22nd at the yeah. Lounge. So. Tuesday. Anybody, I know we got a lot of Toronto listeners and viewers. Don't miss this show. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got it uh, recurring. I'm going to get him. Oh, and one more thing. If you're listening to this uh, f- from Toronto, I'm starting a Wednesday Vapor Central. Recurring show every Wednesday at 9 p.m. It's called Second Floor Stand-Up. You're obviously, anytime you're trying to do a set reach. I was, I was about to ask you about that. Anytime you want to do a set reach, you'll catch all, so many of the people you've heard on this podcast are comedians. So if you come to the show, you'll end up seeing so many of the guests that have been on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's every Wednesday, Vapor Central. Check my Instagram for it. And people listening from London, uh, the Callback Comedy Show, attempting it again, October 8th. Come out to this. Paul Thompson headlining. It's going to be a proper show. Killer. Doing it right. Yes. And actually, assuming this COVID second wave doesn't cancel that, I got to get you out to that London show to headline. Please. Yo, I got to. For those people listening from London, I'm going to bring this killer there one of these days and show you what I'm talking about with the fucking 
jokes and the dancing and the singing. It's the next level of shit. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you, bro. You're really you're you're really good at what you do here, man. Like I feel very comfortable. I, I don't know if it's the the lack of weed or if it's just the vibe you give that's making me chat up a norm storm. But I don't normally talk this much. Fuck yeah, man. I I, I, I I'm, it's probably the lack of weed to be honest with you. Man. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good, dude. But yo, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Boom. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.